Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer makes everything peachy. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are continuing our spelunking of the ouvoir of <laughs> for old dolls. I say that word. And reading Oeuvre? James and the yeah. it's uh, James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl. And I'm going to start with a beer because I have two today. This is from Evil Twin NYC, and you can go check it out there, but it's totally not available anymore. It's called Double Rista Rista Peach. So you could you could probably guess what this has to do with, because the peach was at least double size of normal, hence the double. Also the peach part. It's just got it all. Definitely at least double. This is a 9% alcohol milkshake-style deepa, brewed with milk sugar and double vanilla and peach. I don't know what a double vanilla is. I think that's just, that's a really stupid thing to put on the label, honestly. Like. Just twice as Double much. versus what? <laughs> that's, that's bullshit. This is holy shit good. Oh my god. <laughs> I've had like three, four packs of this already. It is three, four packs. Yeah, yeah. It tastes <laughs> it tastes like like a virgin peach daiquiri type drink. You know, like it's just like sweet as shit and fruity flavors, and you're like, this is Right to my thighs, you know, like it's just like, oh my god, this is this is delicious. This is not good for you, but it will get you drunk. Oh man, it's so good. How strong is it? Nine percent. Ooh, ooh. It's basically it tastes like not peach juice because peach juice couldn't be this good. It took man to make it this good. It's like peach nectar that you you'd pour into some sort of terrible cocktail. Like if you're making like a peach bellini or something. Oh, it's that. it's lovely. Why do we pick it? Because in the title, <laughs> we start off with James, whose parents are immediately eaten by a rhinoceros, which is a herbivore, so I had questions. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And this was page one. Yeah, they start they hit the ground running. Can I suggest, this is a children's book. Is it possible that he fucked them to death with his horn, and they didn't want to say that to children? He said he gobbled them up. Yeah, but maybe that was the less... Maybe offensive ate the, he ate the thing mom out he he gored her <laughs> and the dad all right equal opportunity either way they're killed got by him a rhinoceros got him both on one horn it's possible spit like a, a a totem pole of parents yeah they're probably like weak little british people they're easily killed by rhinoceroses just knocked out their corroded teeth so they die right away and he moves in with his aunts who are comically abusive like physically, emotionally, verbally, Aunt oh, yeah. Spiker and Aunt Sponge, whose parents clearly hated them. Uh, and <laughs> so he, <laughs> who names their kids that? Uh, one is very fat and one is very thin. And they keep him in the closet or the attic or something and they whack him. And he's like, I wish I had a friend. They say, shut the fuck up. And they smack him. I got a lot of, uh, I guess... I should have had it had it backwards, but I got a lot of Harry Potter and the Dursleys vibe from Yeah. Them. It was definitely like that, except it was I think even more Actually abusive. worse. Yeah. <laughs> Actually worse, yeah. They, they didn't Less hit magic. Harry. There is some magic later, but it's not his because he gets his magic from an old man who finds him in the in the garden or something. <laughs> it's like, here kid, drink this bag of tongues. It's like, yeah, that's a good thing to do. It's a it's a bag of stewed magic crocodile's tongues. You put your hair in it, and then you drink it. And then the magic tongues, whoever they get to first, in case you don't drink it right away, the magic goes to them instead. So better 
eat this bag of tongues. I have a lot of questions about this book, most of them being, <laughs> it makes so much what sense the so fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with how magic works, Nate, but that makes total sense. Roald Dahl was tripping balls when he wrote this book. Dude. <laughs> he must have been. Now, this is one of the books that I did not read when I was a kid, though I did read, I think, most of his other stuff. But I did not read this one. Maybe I started it one time and then didn't continue, but like I literally finished Why? it today. <laughs> Why would you stop? It makes all the sense. I think it makes about as much sense as his other ones. It's a little shittier, but we'll get to that. You know, it would make sense right now. Oh, that's an other half beer, isn't it? It is. Yes, this is Double mm, Fruit Dream by Other Half. Uh, this is a, a Berliner Weiss, and this is raspberry and blackberry, and then conditioned with more raspberry and blackberry. So it's like raspberry the beer. <laughs> so it's as fruity as Key West, is what you're saying. I don't it know is anything about Key West. So it's good. I bought three four-packs of this. This is 7% wow. alcohol. Is I it, bought three four-packs. Is it basically juice? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it is very... I mean, it's tart. It, it is definitely on the tart side, but it is it is really, really good. So, yeah, uh, fruit. Like, like there, there's no peaches in this. I couldn't find one with peach, but... It's close enough. It's fruit, so it's close enough. You know what could help us find more beers with peach? Patrons. And if you head on over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub... You could, uh, don't waste your money on crocodile tongues. You can give it to us, and you could uh, help buy beers for this podcast and get all sorts of amazing things, like to vote in our monthly book poll, which that's it's coming up. poll tax. Or it just happened. Yeah. It's only for polls. Sorry, <laughs> Stanislav. And then <laughs> you get early access to our episodes by two full weeks, exclusive Patreon-only content, and other physical things, like the Drunk Guys Book Club Pint Glass, which makes almost every beverage taste better. Not urine. That doesn't work for that. Don't try. Hasn't tested <laughs> yet, though. Your results may vary, as Nate says. <laughs> so, as we were saying, uh, he gets this bag of tongues, and he's like, "I'm gonna drink this bag of tongues because magic would be better than this uh, hellish existence that I live in this abusive household." But because God hates James, he trips and immediately drops the magic potion, and all the little magic grub green things fall into the garden. Can I just say, before we talk about this, well, this is like one of the things that bothered me about this book, whereas like James is just like what? He's just standing in his yard, and an old guy, without, without saying why, just offers him a paper bag of crocodile tongues. And it's like, why? First of all, why would you ever do that? And second, why would you ever, why would, why would you as a child ever just, like, take something from an adult like that. Like, come on. Didn't they teach you anything? It was the old days. It's like, it's this Maybe kind the of man thing was Welsh. where constantly in the book where things are not explained. It's just like, here, it's just basically a fever dream. And it's like, oh, and then this happened. Why? Doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you. It makes a little more sense if you just imagine the whole thing narrated by, like, John Cleese from Monty Python era. I was like, okay, that doesn't make yeah, any sense, so. but sure. All right, I'm just going to roll with this. This is definitely not the kind of book where you're like, I only think about his decisions here. <laughs> this is, this, this is, is a trifle unrealistic. I know crocodile tongues don't make people grow. They do other stuff. Especially not when you boil them in the skull of a witch. <laughs> that would ruin them. But this, uh, this is a weaker doll book in my estimation. And we could talk about that later at the end, but... I felt like a lot of this, the elements here don't connect, and 
mm-hmm. and to to what Nate's saying, I think it's like here's a random thing, and that'll just spur the whole plot. It's a, it's a MacGuffin, but it's a pretty it's a it's a big one. It's like a sausage MacGuffin. Yes, but it's like every chapter there's one of those, and there's like very little times. It, it you know okay normally when you write a plot it's like. Not that I've ever done this, but, you know, so the characters get into a thing and then they have to, like, solve their problems somehow. But, and they do that sometimes, but other times it's kind of like, this wasn't James trying to solve his problem of, oh, my aunts are com- totally abusive. Can't somebody call 911? No, a fucking old guy just gives him a paper bag. Boom, there we go. You just have to suck freedom out of the end of a hose with your <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> It it wasn't James didn't like do anything for it. It just like happened anyway. It was it. it I, I know exactly. What you're saying. Me. And yeah, it is. It's the kind of thing you only notice when you're a grown up reading this book. Because I did read this as a child, and I was like, "Cool bag of shit, free stuff." Yeah, I read this as a kid, and I was like, "Yeah, that that makes total sense for the level that we're at right now." Uh, it's a book books. about a giant peach. I'm not really focused on the bum. <laughs> Well, yeah, he disappears forever. Right, the uh, peach tree that had been barren for years, and then he spills all the shit at the foot of the tree, and the magic goes to whatever it finds first. And then the tree, peach tree starts making a giant-ass peach. And, uh, fuck it, I have beer for that. Oh, oh, dear God, I forgot what color this was. This is... The peach? Oh, no, that, that's oh. blood. The blood of my enemies. <laughs> this is uh, Evil Twin NYC, Ristarista, which is Danish for shake, Blackberry, and, want to guess? Want to guess what it is? Boys and Peach. Berry. It's oh. Blackberry and Peach. How did that happen? It's Blackberry and Peach, a 7.5% alcohol milkshake IPA with peach, blackberry, and vanilla, and mosaic hops. Dear God, that's delicious. That is just fruit juice. That's really good. That is just fruit juice uh, pretending to be a beer. Not even really pretending. Just his beer on the can. Not very like, hard. Yes. Yeah, it is not even trying a little bit. It is it is wonderful. It's called Rista Rista because that's Danish for like shake as in milkshake, I suppose. It's a milkshake IPA. And they just dump a bunch of fruit and a dump a bunch of sugar and they're like, here you go, drink that. And then I'm like, fucking yes, I will. How do the two compare? Uh, they are very different. So the blackberry does add a lot of tartness, tart flavor to this. The double peach one, though, man, that is... It's a lot of peach. It doesn't taste like a real peach because they add so much fucking sugar to it. It mm. just tastes like like a peach smoothie, more <laughs> something more along those lines. They're both really great. So if you get the chance, Evil Twin, if you're into like sugary fruited IPAs and stuff or fruited what they call sours, which are not even remotely sour, check them out. They're really good. So the giant peach is growing on the tree, and then his ants are like, ah, peach. And it gets so big that they charge people admission to see it, and James is taking the tickets. And he's like, maybe, maybe I could play with the children that are here. <laughs> and they're like, no, get to work. Toby. You know, like they just treat him like, really? You guys yeah. didn't see Roots? Uh, it's really quite abusive. But luckily, he escapes by crawling inside the peach, of course. Well, they sent him out to pick up all the trash. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they build like a, like a fucking 
plyboard, you know, plywood uh, fence around the thing. And then there's all banana peels and shit. And he's like, I'm hungry, please. Like, go clean up the trash. And then he goes out there and he notices there's a giant hole in the peach. And instead of thinking like, oh, that's bad for the business plan. He was like, let's go in that hole. That's how bad my life is. I will go into a hole to escape it. And then he finds the pit inside. And the pit has a door in it. And he opens the door and he goes inside. And everything in there is frankly a a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, yes. Like a giant centipede. Yeah. A centipede the size I have of a question person. about him later. Senate there's a there's a bunch of bugs and they're all giants. And so a giant spider, weird. a giant centipede, a giant grasshopper. Grasshopper and then a bird and an earthworm. No, la- ladybird is the British word for ladybug. You see, okay, I was thinking that might have been it. But Why doesn't the lady like, bird eat them? <laughs> he's like, he, she's but, just, I kept it's saying covered bird. in guano. Like, really? <laughs> and then there's an earthworm, and then there's a silkworm. Are we talking about the glowworm yet? Did we say that one? And the glowworm, yeah. They mentioned the glowworm offhandedly. Which, isn't that just a... It's a female firefly that doesn't have wings or something? Yeah. It's just a slug with a, with a light-up ass. And they tell him, like, hey, man... What's up? And they're like, oh, God, we've been waiting all that you. acid. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be great. And then they explain to him, like, oh, I ate these weird little green things and I grew up real big and now I'm here and also I'm speak English. That's fine. But it's very uh, much like Alice in Wonderland, except he sees all of Wonderland in 10 seconds and then it's like, oh, God, too much. You know what else what it's really like? Weirdly. Oh, boy. Did you guys <laughs> remember those live action Ninja Turtles movies? Yes, in the I 90s. do, actually. You mean you remember, from 1991? Yeah, 1990, the, the second one, The Secret of the Ooze, where they discover the, the green ooze that made them all turn into big monsters. See, I did see this movie. Oh, wow, you there saw you it, go. You saw it in theaters, you old fuck. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> well, that was The Secret of the Ooze, but in this one, these bugs all ate this green glowing shit and turned into giant things. This is The Secret of the Bruise. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I thought that was a weirdly good connection. It, I can't tell anymore <laughs> with you. I don't even know. There How s- many connections are you going to have where an animal eats a glowing green thing and grows up into a full-size human that can talk? I know, but you just needed two and a half minutes to explain the background I thought it much quicker. I thought it much quicker. I don't want to drink this because it seems terrible. Uh, but this is a... Does it have vanilla ice in it? It, it uh, sadly Ooh. does not. Did they put the hops through a shredder? They might have. I don't know. <laughs> Careful, there might be a splinter in there. Oh, is it oak-aged? <laughs> this is a gluten-free <laughs> blue oh, raspberry that. sour ale. So, I'm not looking forward to this, but I did it for the... I do, I do it for you. Hey, hey man, cowabunga. Oh, it smells like blue raspberry, which is not a natural smell. <laughs> That's not a good look. It tastes like like a sour blue raspberry. You know what? I'll give them. They, they, they nailed it. I didn't want them to nail this, but they did. I don't know if the gluten-free matters at all, since it's a blue raspberry sour ale. But it's, not, it's, it's better than I thought it would be. <laughs> but it's not something I want to drink a lot of. Would you say it's better or less bad than you thought it was going to be? 
it's less bad. <laughs> it's by Departed Souls. Oh, we've had beer from them before. It's a gluten-free yeah. place. Is it all gluten-free? All right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, we had Dark and Stormy Night or something like that from them. We had it like five times. This is like not even a... It's a blue raspberry sour ale, so... They they only the do gluten-free beer. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think the gluten would have made a huge difference in this case. Couldn't it's, hurt. It's not the worst, but it is... Uh, it's bizarre. And it, it makes your tongue feel sticky. So, yeah, they all grew up, and they're all big bugs. And they're like, oh, we're going to leave now. And so they start the peach rolling and it rolls away and on the way out it kills both of his aunts so there was a movie version of this in the mid 90s that i remember seeing the claymation one and i'm pretty sure it didn't kill the ants no no i don't think it did it like flattened them comically they're like oh and then like a boing sound probably and they're like in a like a boner shape of their body (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i because i I read this book for fifth grade. We had to read this over the summer between fourth and fifth grade. And then that movie came out right around the same time. So I was like, fuck it. I'll watch the movie. And then it was like, oh my God, that's so different. Yeah. There was no murder in the movie. In this book, it's been like five chapters. There's already four dead people. This kid's whole family is dead twice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> up to at least First time was the sad. grandparents level. Second time was not. Yeah, the second time it's actually like, wow, I'm glad those people are dead because they're terrible. And then they sing songs about how dead they are later on. It's like, there's Jesus, a lot of songs. They yeah. just died. Yeah, Centipede cuts the stem. Now I have a question about Centipede. Centipede spends about, I don't want to exaggerate, 78% of the time that he's talking or she's talking, I don't know what. It's a he. Saying, help me take off or put on my boots. Yes. Did the fucking crocodile tongues make it develop boots? Yeah, like, they, where they did those also come they grew from? clothes. That's just ridiculous. Like, oh, I have, and, and, and he's like, I have a hundred boots, and all the other pricks are like, no, nah, dude, it's forty two because he's full of shit. <laughs> they call him out. Like, he Even calls the earthworm himself who I think is like blind is like that's that's too many. Well, the earthworm because earthworms are just like they're just basically a mouth and a very long colon. It's what an earthworm <laughs> is. Like they're yeah. really most of it yeah an awful creature there is the chapter or two where he's like learning about bugs like it's suddenly like a, and by the way let's learn a little something it's like all i do is eating shit all day he's like really like yeah that's just my life baby it's like, a, it's like <laughs> a, i'm on vacation in mexico and i drink the water <laughs> just eating and shitting non-stop i'm like a human straw but yeah it's like a, yeah. what's that pipe pipeline in dakota the dakotas <laughs> the keystone yeah, he's like that, but yeah. with, you know, food. But with, with dirt poop. Some would call oil that. It's dinosaur <laughs> blood. <laughs> Allegedly. It's not actually. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sorry. I'd forgotten he doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 6,000 years old, I know. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's right. How do you date the fossils? You're just dating rocks. I get it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, how do we know they were animals? Oh, we don't. We just don't. <laughs> All right, back to this book. So this ball, this peach is rolling. It kills his ants. It rolls down a hill. It smashes through a, quote, very famous chocolate factory that happened to be in town and leaves a hole on both sides of it. And I was like, oh, I understood that reference. And then it, but that uh, book didn't come out yet. And then all the kids he must have known. Just start just like, eating the chocolate. Really? The book didn't come out yet? 
Didn't we talk? We just did it. It wasn't that 1964. James and John Peach is an old and, one. And this is 1961. Yeah. So it came out. But he's referencing uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which Mike is saying know, maybe had, he did not come maybe out. Maybe he had it in his brain. He just hadn't thought of a name yet. It's like, oh, I'll think maybe, of that later. <laughs> maybe he had written it, but it didn't get it published yet. Possibly. Anything's possible. Except a giant peach full of bugs <laughs> that rolls and it ends up in the ocean. And a small child. Yeah. And they're all, and none of them die in this rolling accident or falling off a cliff into the ocean where sharks try to eat the peach. And they're like, fuck, what do we do? Better tied to the necks of all these seagulls. Uh, no, they're like, James, help us. We're, we're hopeless. We're just magically talking bugs. We can't solve problems. They still have the brains of insects. We need a six-year-old boy who's been neglected and abused to solve this for us. Yeah. He's like, I'll figure it out. Oh, never mind. We would just need miles of string. And they're like, good thing we have like four insects here who could do that kind of thing. Pull the stuff out of their butt and use it. Take this spider discharge and wrap it around the neck of a seagull. And that must have been painstaking work to catch 501 seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. But they, then they flew. They flew so far away. <laughs> there, was, there was a flock of them, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I knew if I, that joke would come out. but No one knows the second song by them, so it's okay. <laughs> I didn't know a first one. It's the only one. <laughs> I only knew it was a it was a joke because Mike chuckled. <laughs> it's like, I walk along the avenue. Da, da, da. I don't, I don't even know that part of it. Garbage. That's the first line of the song. I don't know any of it. I only know the chorus. Uh, so they're in there flying, and they find out that the peach was fine because sharks can't eat it because of the shape of their face. Also, sharks don't eat peaches. Uh, they're they're carnivores, so they were maybe fine. they just thought it was a giant ass. They're like, oh man, they probably like tasted it. And like, oh, <laughs> this is not my scene. There was hair on it, not so it's possible. Doo-doo. They're they they're flying around, and then uh, there's a bunch of shit happens, and suddenly they're in the clouds, and there's cloud people throwing hail at them and throwing thunder and rain down. They're like, this well, not is how at it works. first. First, they they find this is the part I did not remember the book. I don't remember. Any they of this part, get yeah. they get the seagulls. They fly around, and they're like, this is great. Then there are like nine hundred give or take a few songs about I'm a cricket and I don't like Jews because we're no, all he said, this book. I'd rather be fried alive and eaten by a Mexican than do something he didn't like. That was the cricket. You yeah. Know. No, the grasshopper. The, the grasshopper. Which is, I you know, I gotta be honest, thing. I skimmed the songs. I'm regretting it now. I don't um, know that it was even a song. I think that was just something he said. Well, that's, uh, that's an expression. You don't know that old expression? Yeah, I'd rather so be fried alive than eaten by a Mexican yeah. than... Pay my taxes or whatever. <laughs> the rest. I think that's more of a British saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of sayings about Mexicans in Britain. We don't hear that in America very often. <laughs> no, they're not coming here to take our expressions. <laughs> so then they like <laughs> flying through the air, and they see a cloud, and then I think it's is it the centipede who's an asshole and is like yes. fuck those guys, and they see there's like. 12-foot-tall, ethereal wisp people just walking around on the clouds and like, those guys look like a bunch of pussies. <laughs> and then, <laughs> they're like, what is wrong with you? You're a fucking bug who can't put on his own shoes. He's a pest, so he's got to 
since he's a big one now, he can't just like eat your garbage or like get in your shoe. He's got to yell "fuck you" and your mother to strangers <laughs> and get you into street fights because he's a pest. That's what they do. But he's a punk. Then he's like, "Oh fuck, that didn't go well," and he just <laughs> runs away into the peach. And they're like, "Oh, this is terrible." And then the cloud guys just assault them with snowballs, basically, and just attack the peach. So the peach is just gushing uh, Bellini, basically, (laughs) just out of the side of it. And that goes on for a long time. It's like... It does. 20% of the book is them just being attacked by the white power cloud people. They're like gas ants. Yeah. Yeah, they are. (laughs) And there was something about a rainbow... Yeah, they eventually get this through them, and this. they were pa- literally painting a rainbow onto like some wood and lowering it down ropes. Like it happens that in this world, nature is run like a high school play, like that level of stage production. <laughs> like just like lower the rainbow down on these ropes, but then the peach smashes through it, and the the uh, cloud people are like, "Fuck, I stayed late to do that." This was going on my college application. <laughs> <laughs> And then somehow they have been flying all night, and then it's the next morning, and they're in New York City. The peach was going very fast. Very fast. Oh, wait. I have a beer for that. It's 501 seagulls per you know, hour. Horsepower or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. You know? Seagull power. This is City That Never Sleeps by Other Half. You didn't hear the sound of a beer opening because it's already open. But, you know, you might be able to figure out when that was. Uh, anyway, this is a 8.5% Imperial IPA by other uh, half. It is very nice. Yeah, it's great. They also never sleep inside the peach, actually. They're just kind of... Well, it's only one it's night. It's like a big slumber party. Yeah, they don't have time to sleep. Except the glowworm, who's always asleep. Yeah, and the silkworm, whose butt is just constantly bleeding from putting strings on 500 seagulls. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. The spider participated in that. Yeah, but still, that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of butt yarn. Still, five hundred. That is that's, and they're not like you know, like a, a foot long or a you know a meter or whatever they use in England. They're long, long <laughs> strings. So then they're over in New York, and they're like, "What the fuck do we do? We uh, how do we get down here?" And they start cutting seagulls strings. Well, no. First, everyone in America, suddenly it cuts away to the president of the United States who thinks that New York City is under attack by a bomb because it's the Cold War. So they're literally gonna, they're literally, America is about to nuke Russia because there's a giant peach over New York City. They are gonna like launch all the missiles like everyone in Moscow is gonna be dead because it'll be James's fault. He's like, God damn it. Son of a peach. How could they do this? How did our missile systems miss this? So uh, everyone's freaking out. They're like, oh, man, we're all going to die. And everyone's like, yep, well, we had a good run. They basically act out the plot of 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, shit's happening. It's the end. And, but not in German. <laughs> yes. It's much calmer. And they don't actually launch like, the missiles. They're like scrambling troops to like, to jets to like shoot that shit down. And James is like, let's just like get rid of 11 seagulls. Let's see how that rides. Well, they only got like two seagulls past the point of flying. And he's like, we definitely don't need any more. We'll, we'll be fine. If one thing happens and we can't find any more seagulls, we'll be fucked. But it's fine. Don't worry about it. 
So when they cut a few loose, they immediately start plummeting. They land on the spire, or whatever the fuck that's called, of the Empire State Building. I think that's the spire. Which somehow doesn't impale one of the characters. Opportunity lost. No, they have plot armor. Plot armor. <laughs> you know the phrase plot armor? I don't know that phrase, no. Oh, it's a, it happens a lot in like fantasy and like sci-fi when main characters get into these situations that would clearly kill anyone else, but they don't die. It's because they have plot armor. Oh, okay. I like that. I've never heard that before. I mean, Roald Dahl in this book has shown that he is clearly not averse to killing people off. No. Well, I want to get to them at the end, but they they land on the spe- the thing, and then like there's this prolonged-ass scene where a whole bunch of like firefighters and navy guys and whatever are, they're on the observation deck of the empire state building and they're like come out aliens like, no don't probe my anus and that just goes on for a long time like it's really what's happening and all the cops keep seeing them and just passing out and they're like oh send in the next batch of them and they're like oh he passed out too get me another bunch of irish guys <laughs> That goes on for a long time, and eventually, because the the people in the peach, they're like, let's just let's play it cool. We'll come out one at a time, but we'll save the human for last because that will definitely soften the blow of this. Well, they they see his head poke out. It's like, oh, there's a kid. So, but he's the last yeah. one. They're like, oh fuck, it's a fucking cricket man. <laughs> oh shit. And the then alien like, invasion is We here. just lost Kevin O'Leary there and then a fucking other thing. Oh, cock sandwiches. It's a it's a glow worm. Like, oh, there goes Seamus McFlanagan. Any other movie where a giant spider lands on the Empire State Building is a horror movie. Right. So they see yeah. all these bugs and then like at the end he's like, oh, I'll come out. I'm a poor child. And then like, oh, it's a boy. Oh, God, it's British. His teeth are so janky. <laughs> what happened to them? Then there's another 12 songs. I skipped every one of those with no regrets. Yeah, they're not needed. And then uh, eventually they're, and then they're like, oh, wait, there's a, there's a human boy child. Oh, this is all fine now. Hot. And then they have a parade. The mayor shows up. Everybody's a hero. And then all the little children are like, but can we have some peach? And it's like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Everybody, you know, have, have a ball. And then everybody gets a gets a job. Everybody does get a very appropriate job. Like the centipede is like a, a shoe designer. He, I, I wrote this one down because it was the most important part. The centipede was made vice president in charge of sales of a high-class firm of boot and shoe manufacturers. The earthworm, because he had lovely pink skin, uh, worked for a company that made face creams. The silkworm and the spider made nylon ropes instead of silk to make tightrope walker ropes. That's a very big business, I'm sure. Yeah. The glowworm became the light inside of the Statue of Liberty. The green grasshopper became the member of a New York symphony because he plays the violin legs. The ladybird, the ladybug, uh, married the head of the fire department. (laughs) It's like, oh, that was a little weird. Okay. Well, no, that's actually... (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's so, actually kind of terrifying because <laughs> they fuck. Well, that that part of it is weird, like a bug marrying a human. But it mentions a in that thing giant bug marrying a human. <laughs> so um, that's a like folk, a children's like nursery rhyme kind of thing. Ladybird, ladybird, fly. Uh, your house is on fire. Your children are gone. 
that's a that's like a, a nursery rhyme of kids, especially in the British world or the you know Commonwealth and all that. So it says she was always worried that her house was on fire, so she married the head of the fire department. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I it's get it. It's still now. creepy. Oh yeah, it's just a, it's a stupid poem. Like <laughs> Lady Bird, my my mother in law says this, sings this to my kid because my mother in law grew up in a country that was at one point a British colony. <laughs> well, so is this country. But we got rid of their more recently. Dumb songs. <laughs> so yeah, Lady Bird, Lady Bird, your house. I fucking I don't know how. I still don't know how it goes because it's like your house is on fire. Your kids are alone or something. Your kids are your kids are gone. All except one who is not dead i don't know how i don't know at that point how it goes but but that that was like the little british joke yeah. in there so the lady bird that becomes an irish catholic she married the head of the fire department she moves to uh howard beach <laughs> and, <laughs> and complains about all the, the other department. bugs that are moving in yep and occasionally chases them down crossway boulevard and hits them with their car <laughs> uh so and then true they story. take the pit of the peach and they give it a place of honor in central park and James lives inside of it alone, even though he's a child. But everyone comes over and tells him stories, and he has a lot of friends. And he writes a book, and that's this book. I like that ending, actually. But every once in a while, there's a homeless guy just like eating the side of his house. Like, I think you missed a spot. <laughs> I like that ending, you know? And he was going to write a book, and that's what you just read. Suck a bag. I like this book. I didn't think it was... I mean, it was definitely disconnected and weird, but I was fine with that. It's it's missing something that is more there in, say, Willy Wonka or Charlie and Chocolate Factory. So, okay, Willy Wonka, okay, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, there was a point, overall point to the book, which is clearly Charlie Bucket, he wants to see the char- Chocolate Factory, and then he gets to see it. And then in... uh. Was that the witches. the witches? It's like, oh, there are witches. So obviously we're going to kill all the witches. So, you know, that's obviously a thing. There's, there's like, there's a main point to the whole plot that you can tell right from the beginning, or at least you get a sense of right at the beginning. Where was this? There was no like point. The point was that James wanted to find friends and he found friends. I mean, sort of, except. It was more like one random thing happens, and then another random thing happens, and then another random thing happens. Oh, and the end. Yeah. The the things, like, they did not make sense. They did not fit together. <laughs> and I know I'm being far too critical of a, of a <laughs> children's book. This is unrealistic. <laughs> this is... It, but no, no, no. It's not, it's not the realism yeah. part. It's the fact that it, it, nothing mattered. Like, one part didn't matter to the next part, and then anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's for kids in in a way. So, like, this is kind of like a sense of like manic energy and like crazy shit happening. Kids are into that. They're like, "Wow, what could happen next? Who the fuck knows?" So, I think part of it is that this is his first children's book. This is the first one, I believe. So, this is the first children's book, and he wrote a book called "The Gremlins" in 1943 that no one gives a shit about. Good movie. This is the first one. (laughs) <laughs> don't feed them after midnight yeah uh this this is 18 years later totally like he had gone through a whole other phase of his career he wrote like lamb to the slaughter which we did a while ago all of his most of his adult short stories was the gremlins a kid's the, book or an adult book 
I believe it's a kid's book, but it was kind of like written, it was written during World War II. And I think it was about, um, it was like optioned by Walt Disney. Hmm. Like the thing is like the, the gremlins was the code or the, the, like the throwaway line that people used during World War II in England. Like whenever your plane wasn't functioning properly, like, oh, it was the gremlins fucked up that part of the plane. Oh, is that the basis for the Twilight Zone thing? Uh, I that that sounds plausible. Yeah. Okay. The guy on the, on the wing of the plane with like, yeah, William Shatner well, shooting his pants. Gremlin on the wing. He shattered him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shattered his pants. <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. On oh, his spocks of it all over. The, oh god. So, uh, so the this is his first kids' book of his children's book career. Mm. So it's the weakest in many ways. You know, it does. It's not. Uh, he doesn't have his he's voice. He's got a yet. few other like lesser known ones that are definitely not as good. Fine, but like, but this is the, of the faint. Like, this is the first one. Yeah, you know, like no one gives a cock about like the enormous crocodile or whatever. SEO trot. Oh, that's like the one he wrote like six minutes before he died. <laughs> or the vicar of Nibbleswick. I mean, all of those things you could see, you could trace to this. You know clever things um supernatural like weird shit but most importantly like the biggest part that's in place here that carries through to all of his books is that it's with an outcast child mm. you know either mm-hmm. an or it's always a fucking orphan it seems like or, just like witches just like the witches like the parents die on page one yeah it's, just, it's a child who's alone in the world or or in Willy wonga it's a child who's impoverished and, and has a terrible desperate life he had this i mean i don't know anything about his biography except that he hated jews he, but he, to say he was like that poor ish but I, he wasn't an orphan but did he have something experience where he felt some sort of sympathy or empathy for kids that were outcast because that seems to be like matilda is another one that comes he, to mind he went to like a he was like a prep school he got bullied by the older kids the older rich kids also i think he also in a car accident and almost got his nose cut off. They had to stitch it back on. You know, he's a big, giant Welsh douchebag. <laughs> he was still probably small then. Normal six foot tall for a fourth grader. <laughs> Just tall enough to fuck a big sheep. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a big theme in his books is the, the kid who is not favored, not, you know, who's ignored. And I think that's probably was a part of what education was like in his childhood times. Like, oh, you're a smart kid. Cool. Or, or you're a dumb kid. I don't give a shit about you. And no one, no one cared about bullying. No. No one cared at all. Like today, if you tell a kid, if you tell like a 10-year-old, like, hey, what you're doing right now is bullying, they are ashamed. That has been built into children in the last 10, 15 years. But before that, fucking go nuts <laughs> just just fucking ridicule a kid till they kill himself and then they'd be like that kid was weak <laughs> like <laughs> bullying was not even remotely an issue it was encouraged yeah it was like fuck teach him a lesson <laughs> yeah so that's like that's a big thing i see in doll's books that i recall as such what we've read recently and you can see it here from day one from from page one excuse me like this kid has a shitty life and Roald Dahl wants to bring up or celebrate or whatever those kids. So as much as I shit on him for being a rabid anti-Semite, that's a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he 
just wanted to make a book that was fun. It was like, hey, you know, things might be shit, but maybe you'll go on a fantastic adventure. Probably not. But, you know, you could read this book instead. It's not great. There, as Nate pointed out, there's plenty of just like, huh? Okay, we're going with that now. I didn't remember the cloud people at all. I remembered pretty much everything either. else. But I, so I had the same thought. I was, because in my mind, I was kind of picturing the movie from the 90s. It was, and there were, I don't think the similar, cloud, I don't remember. I don't think the cloud people were in that. I don't remember them thinking that. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. I, I haven't so seen either. I haven't seen it since the 90s. No one has. But if you take the cloud people out, there's no plot. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they fly overnight. And then they get there. Though the movie, I recall, was had songs. So I couldn't just gloss over those stupid songs. Yeah. I'm the sure book. they added something different to happen over the ocean in the meantime in the movie. But I don't remember what the fuck it was. Nate, what are your thoughts, man? I did do an audiobook for this because I was like, it's a silly kid's book. How hard could it, how like, this is, this is the exact kind of easy thing to, you know, to do for an audiobook. Hmm. I had so much trouble following <laughs> it. <laughs> like there were a couple of books that I tried to do as an audiobook that we've done for the podcast. It's like Dracula could not fucking follow it as an audiobook, mostly because it was so boring. I could not pay attention to it. Yeah. This book, I was like trying to pay attention and, and I, I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't do it. And I was like, why is this silly kid's book so difficult? Why am I restarting the book again? Why am I going back to the beginning of this chapter for the third time? Because I have no idea what is going on. That's how weird this was. Because every single thing that, almost every single thing that happened was a non sequitur. It was like, oh, okay, here's another, this, here's just a different weird thing happening. It's like you, you like lose focus for like one sentence and suddenly there's, and suddenly it's chaos. It's like nothing makes sense anymore. And just missing one time, it, it was, it was, I didn't like it. I didn't. Because <laughs> I, I did not it like didn't it. Fucking makes sense. I don't know. I, I if I had read this as a kid and I just like was like, oh, hey, that's an interesting little thing. I or that's like, uh, you know, that would have been fine. Maybe I would think of it differently. In fact, I'm sure I would have. But Charlie, I mean, when I read The Witches, as I'm sure I said in the episode, I because I read that as a kid, and then when we read it, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking weird. <laughs> but at least it had a plot that you could follow and that made some sort of sense. Internal logic. It had an internal logic that made sense, whereas this book did not. It didn't. No, I can see that, yeah. That's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's, that's my thing with this book. Like, it's just random things. He got his shit together better over time. Yeah, definitely. I think... I think you know, out of the three we've read so far, Willy Wonka or Charlie... I always call it Willy Wonka because that's what the movie is. And that's what I think in my head. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, that book's fucking great. Yeah. The Witches is kind of dumb. I, I like them all. I mean, I could say that, yeah, they're not as good, but Charlie Chocolate Charlie, Charlie Factory is definitely the best one. But I, no, I like the I Witches, like them all but too. I like this one too. I, I was okay with it being totally disjointed because it's, you know, it's short enough and it's dumb enough that it's just like, okay, that's a wacky thing. Oh, and another wacky thing. All right, sure. It's kind of like in Willy Wonka, they're all, there is an overall plot thread bringing them all together, but he goes to like these five different rooms that are all bizarre, and it's just like episodes of, here's a weird thing. Here's another weird thing. Here's another is, weird yeah. thing. 
But there's more of a sense of continuity, at least, because there are... But it's still, it's like yeah. Charlie, who is obsessed with chocolate and wants to see the chocolate factory. At least there's, like, that plot point. I would say, this felt like, compared to the other ones, it just, from what you guys are saying, it just kind of felt like a book for a younger reader. You know? Like, a younger reader would never notice that kind of shit. No, definitely not. Because they're barely getting through. Whereas a kid who's more uh, sophisticated, like, this is kind of dumb. And his other books would be more satisfying. So maybe, I mean, also keep in mind, in 1961, when this book was what came out, it was written in 1960, presumably, or even earlier, there was, like, children's literature was not really a thing. It's like, here's a yeah. chapter book. But they, could, they were really just books about things kids liked. They weren't even geared towards children. In other children's books that we've read, like uh, of the time, Mary Poppins, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Isn't this the year that the movie came out? No, it's just before that, but... Give or take one or two, it's it's, right there. It's very close. But still, that book was just like, kind of just like random episode after random episode. And that book sucked. Yeah, it did. Movie... It's awesome, but the, that book, it's a great film. Yeah. Whereas this, the book is pretty decent. The movie, clearly forgettable, because we don't remember even how faithful a movie yeah. it was. I'm sure it was fine. I liked it. And, and as much as I wanted to find it, because now that's put in my head to like look for things where I get to call him an anti-Semite or a racist, there was really nothing. I found nothing, except for that, that one line. was like, I don't want a Mexican to eat me, or whatever that stupid thing was. Maybe he thought that uh, maybe... It's a thing in Mexico about eating fried grasshoppers. It very well could be a thing. I don't fucking know. Or it could have just been a thing he misunderstood uh, 60 years ago. Yeah. You know? Not to excuse it, but... You know. I think it actually... Now I'm thinking about it, it might be actually be a thing. I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm Googling this. <laughs> it's not the weirdest thing I've Googled today. Uh, what? What else was there? Uh, some, a man's got needs. <laughs> oh, wow. Shit, yeah. In Oaxaca. 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 <laughs> they make the good cheese. Uxaca. Uh, Chapulines is a Mexican edible grasshopper. Okay, yeah. So you know what? He wasn't even racist here. Good yeah. for you, Roald Dahl. Thanks for <laughs> <This> saving <time. laughs> it. You really got under the, over that low, low bar that you set for yourself. They didn't eat the grasshoppers for nothing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, okay. who should read this? I'm gonna say, kids, kids, <laughs> grownups don't. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You don't need you to. Yeah, sure, kids, that's fine. But it's if you're a grown up and want to reread some Roll Doll, I think you can skip this one. Yeah, this is the weakest of the ones we've done thus far. But it's fine, and it's so short, it really won't cost you much to do it. Yeah, but do the other one. Do Charlie and Jack the Chocolate Factory first, then think long and hard. Then do the witches. <laughs> then think longer and harder, and then look at this, and then just wait for next week. <laughs> next week is, I think, my favorite one as a kid. So we'll see. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Wait, it, what isn't the last one the Patreon one? No, this is, uh, we got a five week month. Next one is the BF, oh really the BFG. All right, that was your favorite. I remember reading it a lot as a kid. It's a longer, much longer book, isn't it? I never read that one. It is. It is a little longer. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I know. I, I know I read it, but yeah, it's the big fucking giant book. I didn't. I didn't actually. <laughs> I don't think I actually liked it that much. I remember really liking Matilda, and so. Oh, Matilda is also a good one. Yeah. So, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail or go to Twitter at drunkguysbc, or Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you want to uh, be nice to us, uh, give us five stars and give us wherever you're listening. Uh, that would be real peachy. You know, if you have some extra peaches to give away, why don't you just go on to patreon.com slash club and uh, give us some. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. We went the no, whole episode without free. mentioning that song once. <laughs> for free. <laughs> They're free for us. And to check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.